Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and live from the Mike McCarthy School of Clock Management, it's the Fourth and Inches Show with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana, how are you? In spite of uh, your Cowboys' uh, questionable um, antics at the end of the game there, the um, Cowboys managed to eke out a win, which is more than I can say for my Giants. Well, I think your Giants have a shot this week. Um, I actually um, had the unfortunate fortune of having to be at a wedding on Sunday. And I just, it should be illegal for people to get married on Sundays in the fall. It's just not fair. Um, So I was actually watching this on my phone at a table at the reception. (laughs) Luckily, there was one other Cowboys fan in attendance. So we kind of banded together. Um, But it it was a stressful few minutes for sure. I just, I mean, they and the fact that Mike McCarthy keeps doubling down on like how this could happen when clearly you guys just screwed up. Like just like just own it, just be done with it. It'll go away. But no, instead we're we're still here. <laughs> how are you holding up this week? But did your fantasy teams do well at least? Um. Well, it was my wedding anniversary and my wife's birthday on Sunday, so I wasn't watching a lot Ooh. of football that we happened to be at a Irish pub kind of place when the Cowboys were playing. Nice. So I did see the very end of that game, mm. although, you know, I didn't understand everything um, until that had happened until I got home and read about it later. But uh, anyway, um, I think, my I think Mike McCarthy's still trying to understand it also. <laughs> could very well be. Um, my teams yeah. were two and two this weekend, which is better than week one, but uh Still not quite what we're looking for, but it was a little bit better than uh, the cat formerly known as Blue the Kittens teams went uh, <laughs> one and three this week with the uh, surprisingly two and zero oh Carolina Panthers, the only uh, cat yeah. team in the win column this week. Yes, say uh, the Panthers did win me some money this weekend, so I was pleased with that. My fantasy teams did pretty well. We were five and two, but we got hit by the injury bug, so. I'm thinking a lot of people are falling in that boat this week, unfortunately. Yeah, and I'll give you props. Well, you were uh, 12 and 4 in our game picks last week, so you made up to Even a blind squirrel finds week, a nut so. in the dark sometimes, you know? No, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I think you were shooting fish in but, a barrel rather than the blind uh, squirrel analogy, but anyway. You know, I appreciate that. But we'll see. We'll see how this week goes. There's there's some some interesting games. Uh, We will certainly be getting to our game picks here in just a little while. If this is your first time with us, we are here every Wednesday night from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So you've got us for a full hour this week. We're giving you all the injuries, news, notes, waiver wire pickups, who to start, who to sit, game predictions, and some daily fantasy picks as well. Try to win you your your season-long league and try to win you some money daily. So, you know, we're equal opportunity here. we are available all week long, though, all over social media. If one hour is just not enough of us, which, quite frankly, how could it be? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show. That's the number 4THN Inches Show. And we're also at JKIM16 and Fantasy underscore Sherpa. You can figure out who's who there. We're on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. You can email us at the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. And like I said, we are here every Wednesday night uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, or if you miss it live, Download it anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And, of course, you can find 12 years' worth of back episodes and soothing for your drive or you just miss the sound of our voice. Whatever it is, we're there you for you. you want to really mispronounce names. Yes, yes. San Antonio Holmes was a real crowd pleaser for a while. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's a good week to be – yeah, it's a good week to be us. It's a good week to be Blue the Cat. It is a bad week to be an NFL quarterback or pretty much any defensive player. A lot of injuries to go around. Uh, so well, I'm going to give you as condensed a version as humanly possible. You still have time to run the Boston Marathon in that time. But for, for what it's worth, here we go. Ben Roethlisberger, go is dealing, <laughs> ben Roethlisberger is dealing with a left pectoral injury. He didn't practice today. He doesn't normally practice on Wednesdays, so that's not actually unusual. He's going to try to play through it. He doesn't know when it happened. The fact that he's been hit 18 times in two weeks kind of leaves a wide uh, variety of options there. says it only hurts when he tries to pull himself up off the ground, which 
way their O-line is playing is going to happen a lot. So he's going to try to play through. I would maybe be think about starting someone else, though. We'll give you some options here in a little bit. Um, bigger problem for the Steelers was linebacker T.J. Watt left the game last week as a groin injury. Uh, he was limited to practice today. He's likely going to play. It may be limited, but just keep that in mind when you're thinking about that, that Steelers defense trying to shut somebody down. It's going to affect your scoring there. Wide receiver Deontay Johnson left with what looked like a pretty bad knee injury. He didn't practice today, but it seems to be not as serious as it first looked. It's touch and go on whether or not he'll play this week, um, but he's not headed for the IR, which is a really good sign. Out in Washington, uh, running back Antonio Gibson was limited today with a shoulder injury. He's going to play, though. He's going to be limited in practice most of the week. Don't let that scare you. He's going to be out there come Sunday. In the ongoing saga of Carson Wentz, <laughs> this week he has not one but two sprained ankles. Uh, he showed up in a walking boot and on a scooter at the facility on Monday, but for whatever reason we're making the man stand for all of his media sessions. Can we please get the man a chair, a stool, something? Uh, supposedly the right ankle is worse than the left. The fact is he still has two sprained ankles and probably Jacob Eason is going to be under center this week. Even if Carson Wentz somehow hobbles out there, please don't start him. He's not going to survive the whole game on two sprained ankles. It's just ridiculous. Uh, other He's notes, going to um, disappoint the Eagles fans that need him to play 70% of the snaps to get their uh, yeah, convert the Colts, I can tell you, uh, pick to a first rounder. The Eagles fans are not happy campers right now for a whole variety of reasons, but that's just one of them. <laughs> Uh, other note that a wide receiver, Zach Pascal is sick. He didn't practice today. It's not COVID. He should be okay come this weekend. And Paris Campbell was limited with an abdomen injury and hoping to play this weekend, but it's Jacob Eason throwing to them, so take that with a grain of salt. In Buffalo, wide receiver Gabriel Davis was limited today. He's dealing with an ankle injury. Out in Chicago, I'm not sure if you heard, but Andy Dalton left last week's game with a knee injury. He is officially ruled out for this week, which means Justin Fields is coming in from stage left. He is going to be your starter this week, and Nick Foles will be QB number two. Uh, so we're going to see how that goes. The Bears have already come out and said that as soon as Andy Dalton's healthy, it's his job, which is just so dumb. Um, but again, Justin Fields is going to play uh, for the Bears this week. I'm excited to see that. In Cincinnati, wide receiver T. Higgins didn't practice today with a shoulder injury. Keep an eye on that going into the weekend. Your Giants lost center Nate Gates to what was a pretty uh, gruesome fractured leg. That's going to be a problem for Daniel Jones, but that's just one, unfortunately, on a list of issues. But that's the most notable coming out of the practice this week. In Miami, another quarterback down for the count. Tua Tungavailoa left with what we now know are fractured ribs. Originally, it was just bruised ribs, but today the swelling has gone down some and revealed there are fractures. He is ruled out for this week. There is, quote, no timetable on his return. So Jacoby Brissett is your starter for at least this week, if not more. Really depends on what his pain threshold is going to be. So keep that in mind when you're looking at your waiver wire picks this week. They were also planning to have wide receiver Will Fuller playing for them last weekend, coming back off that suspension from last season. But he missed the game for what they called personal reasons. He is back with the team now and will play this week. So there's an option out there. In Atlanta, wide receiver Russell Gage didn't practice today. He's dealing with an ankle injury, looking pretty questionable going into the weekend. So I would have another plan there. Hopefully you're only starting him in deeper leagues because that Atlanta offense looks a little rough around the edges. Um, a couple other notes from the Giants today, none that really are going to hurt you this weekend, but Squam Barkley was limited with his knee injury, obviously going to play this weekend. Evan Ingram was limited with his calf injury. That's better news since he hasn't been playing in wide receiver Kenny Galladay. He pretty much is always limited to practice uh, this week. It's hip injury. So just keep an eye on them come game day, but it looks like they're all on track to play. For Houston, quarterback Tyrod Taylor is knocked out of the game with a left hamstring injury. He was actually placed on short-term IR today. He's going to be out at least three weeks, which means your third-round pick, Stanford rookie uh, Davis Mills, is going to be the starter for the next three weeks. They have come out and said that under no circumstance uh, will Deshaun Watson be playing for them, so don't worry about that. No need to go pick him up. He's not playing for the Texans. Davis Mills, however, Interesting to see on a short week how this will go. Uh, also, wide receiver Danny Amendola has been ruled out with a thigh injury. 
Eagles lost uh, multiple defensive players injury, including Brandon Graham with a torn Achilles this week. Uh, just a, another <laughs> list of issues for them. Uh, they also placed tight end Zach Ertz on the COVID list. He did actually test positive, so it is very unlikely he's playing this week. Uh, another positive COVID test uh, as of today is wide receiver Antonio Brown. <clears throat> he tested positive. It, it's possible that either Zach Ertz or Antonio Brown could play come Sunday. If you're vaccinated and you get two positive tests, you can come back, or two negative tests, you can come back, but really not looking good. I wouldn't plan on having either of them. Broncos lost linebacker Bradley Chubb to ankle surgery. He's hoping to play again this season. That's a big loss for them. The Saints are trying to get some of their coaches back healthy this week. They were without eight on the sideline last week due to COVID. Obviously, that was a real problem. Um, Supposedly, some of them are going to start being cleared as this week goes on. They're not sure exactly how many they will have come Sunday, though. Raiders quarterback Derek Carr had an MRI on his right ankle, but he is fully practicing. He's not going to miss a beat. Uh, Running back Josh Jacobs did miss the game last week, however, for Raiders with toe and ankle injuries. He's questionable going into this week, but it looks like he's got a better shot. The rest seems to be helping. Jaguars wide receiver LaVisca Chenault left with what looks like a a rough shoulder injury on Sunday, but he is actually doing pretty well. He didn't practice today. Urban Meyer said he should play this week, so that's a good sign. However, tight end James O'Shaughnessy was put on IR for uh, a high ankle sprain. He's going to be out at least three weeks for Jacksonville. The Cowboys have another COVID issue on defense uh, this third one in three weeks, so it seems to be a trend. Keanu Neal is on the COVID list. He's reportedly not tested positive. He's a close contact, so with a Monday night game, it's possible that he will be cleared before then, but I wouldn't bank on that. Um, Also, wide receiver Amari Cooper's battling bruised ribs from the game uh, last week. Jerry Jones is hopeful he'll play. That has absolutely no medical bearing on what will (laughs) happen. I would take that with a grain of salt. Jerry Jones is hopeful, not a lot of things. Um, so we'll see. we'll see as the week goes on how healthy Amari Cooper actually is. Rams running back Daryl Henderson Jr. has a rib cartilage injury. He didn't practice today. He's not going to practice tomorrow. They aren't going to test it until Friday at the earliest. I would certainly have a backup plan there. It doesn't look very promising. Also, Sean McVay didn't practice today. wasn't at the walkthrough. He's sick, but it's not COVID. He took a test, and he's fine. So allegedly he'll be back later this week. Vikings running back Dalvin Cook had a scare. Uh, he was in and out a lot of the game last week with what they're now calling a, quote, little sprain in his ankle. He's going to have a full workload this week, uh, so use him accordingly. Browns wide receiver Jarvis Landry has landed on the short-term IL with a sprained MCL. They're calling him week to week because he's on IR. He's going to be out at least two weeks, but that's a good sign because it definitely looked worse than that when it happened. However, Odell Beckham Jr. is fully practicing today. It's a good sign that he's going to play this week. Obviously, they need him now that Jarvis Landry's on the IR. So it looks like he's going to be available. Keep an eye on it as the week goes. But um, in other news, the entire 49ers backfield is really in rough shape. They kind of already were to begin with, with Raheem Mostert uh, having season-ending surgery last week. In the Eagles game, Jim Michael Hasty suffered a high ankle sprain. He's going to be, quote, out for a while for sure this week. Uh, so doesn't look like we're going to see him for a little while. Trey Sermon is in the concussion protocol but is supposedly on a good path. Keep an eye on him as the week goes on. And Elijah Mitchell is dealing with a shoulder injury. He is considered day-to-day. It looks like it was probably a stinger. So he is the healthiest out of the bunch, but that maybe isn't saying a whole lot. So... What has he done in the last four hours? <laughs> we talked to Andrew Sherpa. <laughs> well, I flew out to San Francisco and tried out for the 49ers and didn't make oh, it. No. And then on the Looks way like home, we... I stopped there off. There you are. We lost him for a second. For, <laughs> uh, in Florida, I, was, uh, I stopped off in Florida on the way home and was uh, looking for Brian Laundry, but I didn't find him either. You know, so, that's that's anyway. good of you. That's good of you to help out. You know, give back to the community. Well, <laughs> going through this. Um, Unfortunately, you didn't find Brian, but I think you did find us some potential options on the waiver wire. Um, Indeed, I did, including one in San Francisco at running back who uh, headlines my list. Uh, Jacques Patrick, lately lately of the um, Cincinnati Bengals practice squad, is, is likely to be your starting running back for the 
49ers. That's where everyone goes week. to find their, their hidden talent is the Bengals practice squad. <laughs> 49ers aren't that way. <laughs> yeah, well, they got Jamichael Hasty off their own practice squad last year, they, so I guess they, they don't like see anybody comparable talent this year um, on their practice yeah. squad, so they went and uh, raided the Bengals practice squad instead. So he would probably, he's a big guy, kind of built, you know, I think already 6'3", 230 or something. So he's kind of built like uh, Brandon Jacobs, who, if you remember, was never really the feature back. You know, he was always in a running back by committee and, you know, you know, put up some good yardage totals. But uh, I don't know. Well, the late guys are dropping like flies there. It seems like having some size would probably do them some good. Yeah, I mean, just I feel bad for all the people that uh, went out and spent, you know, 70% of their free agent budget for the year on Elijah Mitchell last week and now, you know, are having to look at life without him. But uh, anyway, so it goes. Um, So Jacques Patrick would be at the top of my list this week. Uh, Alexander Madison in Minnesota would step into a nice role if Dalvin Cook's injury is more serious than we think. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, yeah. who has the greatest name ever for a running back, I think, um, with the Eagles you know, going up against <laughs> Dallas. I mean, he's definitely supplanted Boston Scott in that uh, 1B role for the Eagles. Uh, Chuba Hubbard for Carolina, not so much because I think he's going to steal carries away from Christian McCaffrey or the Christian McCaffrey is hurt, but I think the game script uh, with the Texans this Thursday is likely to than him playing extended garbage time, and I think he could uh, do kind of nicely for himself. On the flip side of that is David Johnson with the Texans. You know, when the Texans uh, throw the ball, it's usually not to Mark Ingram or uh, Philip Lindsay, so uh, David Johnson could be the beneficiary of garbage time yardage as well. Great. Katie McKissick in Washington, Tony Jones Jr. in New Orleans, Giovanni Bernard, who is uh, – been relegated to the scrap heap after getting a lot of uh, preseason hype with Tampa Bay. And then Ty Johnson, who I don't know that you really want to invest heavily in the Jets' uh, rushing attack, but uh, it seems like you know, he attack and uh, Michael Carter. Well. <laughs> no, he and, he and Michael Carter are definitely um, higher on the food chain right now than uh, Tevin Coleman. So do with that information as you will. Speaking of running backs, before we go on, what do you think about Tony Pollard? I know people are very hyped on him after he, you know, outperformed Ezekiel Elliott statistically so far this season. Is he someone you want in a lineup or on a team right now, or do you think that's going to kind of balance itself back out? I think he's a good stash if you have room on your bench, but – I, you know, there's there's no way they're benching Ezekiel Elliott for Tony yeah. Pollard. The only way he's going to get appreciable playing time is if, you know, Zeke is injured or, or something or test positive for COVID or something and is out for a while. Pretty sure it's only a matter of time at this point. <laughs> that could very well be. But, you know, so if you, if you think that's a likely possibility, then by all means um, go ahead and stash Tony Pollard. But, if you're stashing him, you know, with the idea that somehow he's going to, you know, move ahead yeah, of no Ezekiel Elliott in the pecking order, there's uh, probably 40 million reasons why that's not going to happen. Bingo. <laughs> so um, shall we move on to uh, wide receivers for the waiver wire? Yeah, go for it. What you got? Okay. Emmanuel Sanders is surprisingly widely available. I'm not quite sure I get that, but, um, you know, Josh Allen, it looked like, you know, the Pittsburgh game was a aberration and, you know, he seems to be uh, back in the saddle now. So, you know, he's, um, you know, any part of his passing attack you can uh, find on the waiver wire, go for it. Tim Patrick with Denver, KJ Osborne, who had a second Nice game in a row as Minnesota's third wide receiver, and that string yeah. is likely to continue this week. Uh, Darius Slayton, who had a nice week last week and would have had an even nicer 
week and uh, potentially put the Giants in the win column if he'd been able to hold on to a pass when uh, Hang on to the nobody ball, man. <laughs> anywhere near him. Uh, Zach Pascal, yeah. who you mentioned before in Indianapolis. Sammy Watkins, who seems to be emerging as a favorite target for Lamar Jackson. Brian Edwards in Las Vegas. Nelson Aguilar with the Patriots. Henry Ruggs, III, also with Las Vegas. Marquez Callaway, who, you know, again, you know, got a lot of preseason hype, a la you know, Giovanni Bernard yeah. um, for the running backs. You know, Marquez Callaway was getting a lot of preseason hype when, you know, when people were talking about sleeper wide receivers and has been kind of missing in action for two weeks. And so everybody has, you know, dropped him. Darnell Mooney with Chicago, you know, opportunity with a new quarterback there. Let's see how that goes. And then Jalen Rager, who had a nice week one in Philadelphia, not much in week two, although the whole team didn't do much in week two. So those are some guys I think you have some more plentiful options at wide receiver uh, than at running back, just as was the case last week. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'd also throw, I, I don't think you said this, correct me if I'm wrong, Quintez Cephas out in Detroit, who we saw uh, get a lot of targets this week. And it seems like this Lions team is going to be playing from behind every minute of this season. <laughs> so he seems yeah. to be the guy Jared Goff likes for the moment. So if he's out there, it's it might be worth it. Yeah, and if you're going to pick up a Detroit wide receiver, Ramona Ra. That's the one. St. Brown <laughs> is also out there um, and available in a lot of leagues. So, you know, one of those guys is likely to show up big in the stats each week. It's yeah. just a matter of which one. But um, which, you're right, uh, Steve, this is the flavor of the week. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if um, Ramona Ra. St. Brown ended up being their leading receiver, given that Tyrell Williams is um, not playing much so far. I'm moving on to quarterbacks. Uh, Derek Carr, bad ankle and all, is at the top of my list. Uh, Yes. Offense looks like it might be a little bit more potent than we thought. Uh, Daniel Jones, again, going with the theory that a quarterback who can rush has a higher floor than one who doesn't, so, and, you know, he seems to have some good options uh, um, passing-wise. Um, Jared Goff with Detroit, Sam Darnold with Carolina, who would have thought I'd be mentioning his name in the recommended pickup. <laughs> it's more a function of the injuries than uh, the fact that I think he's uh, going to be a top-ten quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater with Denver and Matt Jones with uh, mm-hmm. New England, also viable options if um you need a quarterback off the waiver wire. Um, let me just back up for uh, wide receivers for a second. In one of my leagues this yeah. week, I saw somebody drop Kenny Galladay for Mark Ingram, which obviously didn't work wow. out so well last week. But no. aside from that, <laughs> um, what do you think of uh, dropping a struggling player like Kenny Galladay? And more to the point, if he's out there in your league all of a sudden as a free agent, uh, would you be – targeting him, yes or no? A guy like Kenny Galladay, yes. I was not as high on him three weeks ago, but I've been impressed with what I've seen so far out of a kind of beleaguered offense, if you will. It's not the offense that's killing them as much as the defense, at least last week, that and the offsides penalties on special teams, but that's another story. I, I think... Most weeks, I think Denver is probably, that might be the toughest offense they, I mean, defense they face all year. I think most weeks yeah. their their offense will probably be pretty respectable. I just, unlike last year where it seemed like it was the defense carrying the offense so far this year. Yeah, the defense hasn't been like carrying. It might be the opposite. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of promise there. I just, I, the offensive line still scares me but so do most of the offensive lines in the NFL right now. So that's really not just a a Giants problem. Yeah, which that cures a lot of problems. Yeah, it should. Um, Tight end-wise, Austin Hooper for Cleveland out there, Hunter Henry for New England, Jared Cook, Cole Komet, Blake Jarwin, Dawson Knox, and Max Williams, uh, who's off to a nice start with the uh, the flying – 
cardinal attack there. Yeah. Um, those are awesome options if you're in need of a, a tight end replacement or upgrade this week. Yeah, I'm with you. Good list there. Okay. Um, in the interest of time, there's not any real uh, shining star for the defense this week unless, you know, Carolina <laughs> is out there, grab them. But uh, other than that, you know, there's there's not a lengthy list of uh, recommended pickups for defenses this week. All righty. Let's, let's cruise right into who to start, who to sit. Who are you liking a running back this week? Um, Christian McCaffrey is front and yes. center of top and a number one on my list. Uh, Derek Henry, who had a nice bounce back game last week, number two. Nick Chubb, three. Ezekiel Elliott, four. So, no, don't start Tony Pollard in place of Ezekiel Elliott this week. Please don't uh, do that, people. Cook. <laughs> Six is Chase Edmonds. Seven, Saquon Barkley, who I think will, um, again, date with the Falcons, will probably cure a lot of ills. Josh Jacobs, if he's healthy enough to play, coming in at eight on my list. Melvin Gordon, nine. Sony Michelle, ten. And uh, honorable mention to uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who will probably not have to be consoled by Travis Kelsey this week. And Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Yeah, I think, I think he'll be okay. So who's on your wild game. and how much overlap did we have? We had a little bit, actually, more more than usual. Um, I have Christian McCaffrey at the top of my list. I think everybody does. Uh, I've got Delvin Cook at two. I trust the ankle a little bit more. Austin Eckler at three. Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones rounding out my top five. I don't think he's going to score four touchdowns this week. Um, but I do appreciate his sombrero wearing, and I think the Packers are still going to score a lot of points. Uh, at six, I've got Alvin Kamara, Chris Carson, Nick Chubb, Chase Edmonds, and Jonathan Taylor running out my top ten. Okay. Um, my avoid list has a few of your recommended options on it, and I'm sure your avoid list will have some of my options <laughs> on it. But uh, Alvin Kamara um, leading off my avoid list for this week, Antonio Gibson, Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, David Montgomery, James Robinson, DeAndre Swift, Mike Davis, and Mark Ingram uh, rounding out my uh, tend-to-avoid list for this week. Mark Ingram's also on my list, along with any running backs that the 49ers are putting out there. Uh, I don't I don't want to play any of these Shanahanigans, none of them. Daryl Henderson Jr., obviously, if he plays, I, I don't want to deal with a rib injury. A running back who can't breathe isn't going to score a lot of points. Naheem Hines checking in. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, if the Eagles can't convert on a third down, Kenneth Gainwell can't catch any touchdowns for you. So that's a real problem for them right now. Latavius Murray running out. Uh, but checking in number six, Jamie McKissick, Ronald Jones, II, Tony Pollard. It's not going to last, people. James And James Conner running out my top ten to avoid. Um how about your wide receiver recommended list for this week? Who's in your top ten? I've got Tyree Kill at the top. Uh, obviously, the Chiefs didn't win last week, but that doesn't mean they're not going to score points, and I think they're going to bounce back just fine this week. Tyler Lockett checking in at number two. Devontae Adams, who cost me some money by not scoring a touchdown for the first time in forever last week. Not at all bitter, but I think he will get one this week, if not two. CeeDee Lamb at four. Cooper Cup at five. DeAndre Hopkins, Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen, uh, Justin Jefferson, and Terry McLaurin are my 10 this week. Okay. Um, not too much overlap, but uh, here goes. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, one. Tyreek Hill, two. Justin Jefferson, three. I think those three we all agreed on. Robbie Anderson, four. A.J. Brown, five. Robert Woods, six. C.D. Lamb, seven. Henry Ruggs, uh, eight. Cortland Sutton, nine. And Adam Thielen, ten. Honorable mention, Cooper Cup, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, who's uh, off to a nice start of yeah. a career there in Arizona, Odell Beckham Absolutely. Jr., and Sammy Watkins. I uh, actually have Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. at the top of my avoid list this week. Uh, he'll look good in practice from what I've seen today. He is healthy. I don't feel great about the pass game this week for Cleveland, but we'll get to that in a little while. Uh, Corey Davis and pretty much all of the Jets wide receivers as well, just the whole group of them. Zach Wilson's not done throwing interceptions, unfortunately. Uh, Tyler Boyd and Jacoby Myers also on my list. Robbie Anderson, Sammy Watkins, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kenny Galladay, Devontae Parker, and LaVisca Chenault. My 
some uh, overlap there. My uh, avoid list, Calvin Ridley at the top of the list, Alan Robinson, T. Higgins, Devontae Parker, Brandon Cooks, Jamar Chase, Will Fuller V, LaVisca Chenault, Jalen Waddle, and DJ Chark, and dishonorable mention to Darnell Mooney and Tyler Boyd. <laughs> it's dishonorable mention is a tough place to be. <laughs> they are. Not even bad enough to make the top ten. You're just floating her out there. <laughs> they're not even, yeah, they're not even good enough to be in purgatory. I know, it's just terrible. Sort of between purgatory and Hades <laughs> there. Oh, so, you thought there wasn't anything worse than right. purgatory, but we found it. Yes. So um, <laughs> quarterback-wise, Kyler Murray, not a big surprise sure. at the top of my list. And Lamar Jackson, two. Patrick Mahomes, three. Derek Carr, four. Kirk Cousins, five. Matthew Stafford, six. Dak Prescott, seven. Sam Darnold, eight. I'm not sure that I've had him in my top ten any time in the last few years, but there you have it. Yeah. Baker Mayfield, nine. Okay. Ryan Tannehill, ten. And Teddy Bridgewater, uh, just outside my top ten and uh, meriting an honorable mention. Okay, we've got a little overlap. Some of your names appear on my avoid list, but we'll get to that in a minute. I also, my one through three is the same. I think it is everywhere. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes. I actually have Jack Prescott all the way up at four this week. Uh, Russell Wilson rounding out my top five. Josh Allen, I think they're going to bounce back. That offense has to get better. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Teddy Bridgewater, and as much as it pains me, Jalen Hurts in number 10 this week. Hurts me to put Jalen yeah. up there. <laughs> And he's going to be hurting a lot of uh, people this week, I think. It's oh. just a matter of uh, whether they live in Dallas or Philadelphia or bet on him, but we'll see. Um, yeah. For me, avoid list, uh, just, <laughs> Justin Herbert, um, yeah, not not too impressed so far um, this season. No. I don't know if it's just a new system or a tough opposition or what it is, but um, I, I think the – Tough times are going to continue for him this week, even though he's going to be in a situation where he's likely going to have to be throwing at least half the game. Matt Ryan, Joe Burrow, Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, Jameis Winston, Justin Fields, Taylor Heineke, Zach Wilson, and Jimmy Garoppolo all on my avoid list. And uh, dishonorable mention to Jacoby Brissett, Davis Mills, and Jacob Easton if he's forced into uh, Carson Wentz. Relief duty. I'm actually shockingly higher on Jacoby Brissett than you are in pretty much everybody outside of Jacoby Brissett's family, but that's okay. He is in my purgatory, not on my avoid list. However, Trevor Lawrence is definitely on my avoid list. Until he shows he can play against a like a real pass rush and blitz, don't start him. We haven't seen that yet. Uh, Matt Ryan, also on the avoid list, pretty self-explanatory. Carson Wentz and or Jacob Eason, either one just stay away from. Ben Roethlisberger, Baker Mayfield, James Winston, Jared Goff, Zach Wilson, Joe Burrows, and Daniel Jones. All right, if you can only keep one on your roster at this point, you only have room for one rookie quarterback on your uh, roster at this point, um, where you keep – Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, knowing that uh, Andy Dalton is supposedly the job is his when he returns? I think I would keep Justin Fields. <laughs> I think he's going to just play himself into a job. Um, Trevor Lawrence is I, – I just – I'm not confident about him reading an NFL defense just yet, and he's not going to get a ton of time behind that O-line. So I'm a little concerned about his progression this season. Okay. How about uh, tight ends? Who do you like for this week? Well, uh, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, I think are are no-brainers here. TJ Hawkinson, who's getting a ton of targets out in Detroit. George Kittle, Mark Andrews. Rob Gronkowski, even if he says he's not watching any tape, it's working for him. Go right ahead. Without Antonio Brown this week, I think he's going to see even more targets. Uh, Logan Thomas, Noah Font, uh, Tyler Higby, and Kyle Pitts checking in for the, the first recommendation, I think, of the year for me. Our lists are quite different here, but here goes. Um, <laughs> Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller are indeed one and two on my list as well. Um, Mark Andrews, three, Noah Font, four. <laughs> 
Max Williams, five. Dan Arnold, six. Austin Hooper, seven. Tyler Higby, eight. David Njoku, nine. And Tyler Conklin is uh, 10 on my list. And honorable mention to Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin. If I knew which one was going to be more productive, I would just uh, substitute them in my top 10 for Tyler Conklin. But there you have it. Well, I have Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin at the top of my avoid list. Um, there are not a lot of things the Eagles defense does well, but they historically against Cowboys seem to shut down the tight ends pretty decently. Uh, it's been a while since Jason Witten's been, you know, catching passes down the middle of the field. But uh, I digress. Austin Hooper also on my list. Evan Ingram, Tyler Conklin, Jack Doyle, Hunter Henry, Juwan Johnson, uh, Max Williams, and Gerald Everett. Right, I have George Kittle at the top of my list, which I know will oh. cause you to tear out your hair. T.J. Okay. Hawkinson, Logan <laughs> Thomas, Kyle Pitts, who are all on your recommended list. Jared Cook, yep. Mike Gesicki, <laughs> Adam Troutman, Cole Komet, Jack Doyle, and Hayden Hurst, rounding out my tight ends that uh, I'd be wary of this week. Excuse me to have Mike Gesicki on an avoid list. It's just awful. No. Hopefully this week will change that. <laughs> Yeah. What about what about defenses? Are there any you're liking? Did you do tiers? You actually bring ten this week. What are you thinking? Um, the answer to your question <laughs> is yes. There are some that I like. I did um, bring tiers <laughs> this that week, and there are actually more than ten total. So oh, okay. I think I got the questions in order. We'll see. So um, actually, there's really right. only two tiers for me. In the first tier, it's Carolina, Denver, Pittsburgh, and Las Vegas. And then the second tier, Arizona, the Giants, the Ravens, Browns, Bengals, uh, Titans, Chiefs, Patriots, Bills, and Packers. So that's, um, I guess, um, 14 teams in my top 10, but there you have it. <laughs> I, I will go with the uh, the historical 10. Thanks. <laughs> Nice and easy. Uh, I have the Broncos at the top of my list, going against the Jets, which is kind of a no-brainer. Uh, the Steelers and the Panthers, as well as the Bills uh, and Browns running out my top five. The Cardinals, Raiders, Patriots, Saints, and the Giants checking in at number 10. Mm-hmm. Patriots, <laughs> Raiders. So the Saints were the only one on your list that wasn't on my list, but then again, I cheated. Okay. So giving me 14 guesses at your nine, I guess it's, and it <laughs> sounds like we're probably analyzing the games relatively similarly. So um, maybe that's not too much of a surprise. Okay. Defenses to avoid this week. If you start Jacksonville, you deserve what you have coming to you. Same thing with uh, <laughs> the Texans, the Lions, the Chargers, Dolphins, Jets, Seahawks, Eagles, Bears, Colts, and the Buccaneers. So those are my 10 defenses that I would be staying away from this week if I could. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Um, Actually, Jags, that was 11, but... that's, that's all right. We'll give you a pass. Um, the Jags, right. uh, certainly the top of as well as the Jets. <laughs> uh, the Bears, Cowboys, the Buccaneers, 49ers, Falcons, Texans, Packers, and the Titans. Even even with Carson Wentz's two sprained ankles, still not prepared to start them this week. Okay, so yeah. now, I mean, other than the obvious highlight of the weekend, which is the Kalen Bellage revenge game, um, why don't Obviously. we give some? Why don't we give? I know some, everyone uh, has that circled. <laughs> that and the the Giants Atlanta game, which could divide, decide who gets the top pick in the draft. Uh, Next April, but yeah, it's um, almost it's almost it's the time the, of year where you put twelve teams in your top five picks. We're almost there. Well, I think Jacksonville, the Texans, the Giants, the Jets, and Atlanta are pretty firmly in my bottom five right now. I Everybody, make a note. This is the last time we're going to hear only five names in the top five. <laughs> Sherpa, this is it. <laughs> Be <Sorry. three. laughs> It's my, my early season decisiveness. So, um, so far this season, we've had two really good Thursday night games. I think, unfortunately, that string is going to come to yeah. a screeching halt this week with uh, Carolina 
um, 2-0 and on the road versus uh, Houston, which is 1-1 one and one only because they play Jacksonville opening week. But um, The fighting Davis I, Mills. I think this is, <laughs> yeah, the Davis Mills experience um, debuts <laughs> on Thursday night, and I don't think it's going to go well. You know, I'm sure there will be some people that would uh, be clamoring for the Deshaun Watson experience instead, but as Jan alluded to before, there's no way in hell that's happening. He so, gave anyway, too many people the Deshaun Watson experience, which is why we can't have it now. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if only we would be more civil. But um, anyway, um, <laughs> I think Carolina wins this. It's just a matter of by how much. I'll go with a 17-point margin here. I'll say Carolina 37, Houston 20, and just you know be cautious. Um, Christian McCaffrey would love to have him on my fantasy team this weekend. Not so sure that, you know, if I wade into the, the murky DFS waters, you know, he's somebody that could easily be on the mm. sidelines wearing a baseball cap by yep. the early third quarter. So I'm not sure uh, what your thought is on uh, guys like that, Janet, but um, maybe when you get a second, you can uh, tell us your DFS strategies when it comes to blowouts. But uh, let's, let's see what you have to say about the, the game. Well, we did see Davis Mills throw a touchdown last week, so he's got that going for him. I think the best thing for Houston this week is the fact that it's a Thursday night game and weird stuff always happens. So I think it's actually going to be um, a more competitive game than you think. I have Carolina winning just by a touchdown, 27-20, but I think that's more a product of Houston having to throw the ball a lot late. Uh I don't, I don't necessarily think it's going to be as competitive as the score looks, if you will. But um, I would take, probably take Houston with the points if you're if you're a gambler like me. I would do that. Um, as far as DFS, I almost think that just value-wise, Christian McCaffrey, in this example at least, for what you're going to have to spend for him and you're not exactly sure what the return would be, I'd stay away from him. I know there's the idea that, like, well, he's going to get enough points in the time he's in that would – kind of negate anybody else, but like you spend nine thousand dollars on maybe not worth it. We'll give you some better options later, I promise. Yeah, the ideal is you want a a, a horse like a you know, a stud running back who's gonna be in a tight game, you know, where they're still on the field at the end of the game, all uh Derek Henry last yeah. week or or Aaron Jones. Well Aaron Jones it wasn't a close game yeah. but he still scored four touchdowns. But um so, you know, that's what you want. Now, the thing. Blowouts just seem to me like, you know, that's a recipe for disaster. It's too much of a, of a crapshoot. You just don't know. Yeah, you just don't know when when they're going to decide enough is enough, especially with how much they lost with Christian McCaffrey being injured last season. They're going to err way on the side of caution with him. Okay. Um, next up, first of the early Sunday games, we have, Arizona traveling from the Pacific time zone to the Eastern time zone to play Jacksonville. Normally that seems to put the team traveling East at a pretty big disadvantage, but I think Jacksonville. Even, even with the disadvantage, big, <laughs> we think Arizona's still better. Talent wise that I think that will more than offset any uh, disadvantage that Arizona might have traveling East. And plus they already traveled, I guess, to the central time zone and won in uh, week one when yeah. they beat Tennessee. So I think all that goes out the window. I think Arizona is going to be the high-scoring team of the week. I'll go with the final score here of Arizona 40, Jacksonville 24, and I kind of struggle how Jacksonville is going to come up with 24 points unless there's a lot of garbage yeah, time in this one. Well, I think we'll probably see a lot of Chandler Jones again this week. <laughs> But I have Arizona winning 30-17, to 17, so I, even I, a Jacksonville apologist, can't get them to more than 17 points against this Arizona defense. Um, and I just, again, I don't, I don't even think it'll be as competitive as the score looks. Like, I just think that Arizona's going to be running the ball a lot late, so maybe they won't score quite as much. But uh, any Arizona players you have, start them. That's without a doubt. Just put them all in. Yeah. Um, next Wait up, we've got uh, the Giants <laughs> hosting Atlanta. And, Oof. again, Giants have shown a little bit of promise, at least in the Washington game, that they can hang with a 
half-decent team. Atlanta has not really shown that. I mean, they looked good in their no. first drive of the season against the Eagles, and that was about all the offense that they mustered for the whole game. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure they'll find a way to weeks. score points against the Giants <laughs> just because it's the Giants. But uh, I still think the Giants ultimately prevail by a field goal here. I'll say Giants 27, Falcons 24, and I think uh, Saquon Barkley will um, – be uh, a fantasy factor coming, for the first time. Yeah, it's coming season. out party. I'm with you. I'm with you there. I think Saquon's going to have a big game. I have the Giants winning 27-17. I'm actually giving them a little more credit than you are this week. And I, I just think that this is a good game for the offense to kind of get it together a little more. Like, I'd like to see Daniel Jones maybe just complete some more passes, get a little more confidence, and then it could carry them forward into actually being a little more functional just all around. I think this is a good thing for the Giants this week. If Daniel Jones is their leading rusher this week, they they have big problems. They do. They do. Um, But I, I feel pretty good about my streak of not ever picking Atlanta to win games. I think that's, just I'm doing prep. Okay. I mean, Daniel Jones really um, wanted to win last week. you got to give it to him. You know, at least unlike the game against the Eagles, the Thursday night game last year, he didn't trip on his yeah. way into the end zone this time. But well, anyway. Know, there's always Tony Romo. So at least he didn't fumble on that play. That's the only thing that could have made it worse. But oh. still, and I think they had to settle for a field goal on that drive, too, if I recall. But, I mean, my I memory may be... Uh, faulty there, but we'll have to go back and check. So next up, we've got Baltimore at Detroit. Um, Baltimore showed some resilience um, beating Kansas yeah. City at home. Um, Sunday night, I think here the game isn't going to be as close. I mean, it sounds like, well, given all the topsy-turviness so far this week, should I pick Detroit? And the answer is no. Um, Baltimore is by far the better team here, and I'm pretty confident that they'll show it. Um, Detroit may score some, but the defense just looks like uh, you know, anybody, uh, any NFL team could score on it at this point. So anyway, I'm going with Baltimore by almost a couple touchdowns. I'll say Baltimore 37, Detroit 24, and uh, hopefully um, Lamar Jackson will throw for more yards than he runs this week. Yeah, I, I, I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> but yeah, they're not slowing down after last week. Uh, I have Baltimore winning 33-20, and even that, it's tough to it's it's tough to get to treat the 20 points. It's just that's a rough that's a rough defense right now. Okay, um, so far we've agreed on all four games. Hopefully that won't last too it much longer. Let's we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So here's one potentially. I think this is one. I think this is going to be our one. If you're picking Justin Fields, then you're you're right. I'm I'm definitely going with the hometown team here. Uh, Hopefully Baker Mayfield can take a break from the yard sale long enough to uh, lead the team to victory. I love that yard sale. (laughs) I'm guessing that they will. I'll go here with a a final score of uh, Cleveland 30, Chicago 24, and uh, hopefully – Odell Beckham Jr. can also uh, um, be a factor this week for the first time this season. Be nice. I've got him on a couple of fantasy teams. I'd really like to do something with that. Um, I, however, am picking the Justin Fields experience to come in to Cleveland and win 24-21 on a late fourth quarter drive. And I think that Baker Mayfield is going to be a little bit neutralized by the Chicago team, I think. There's going to be there's going to be more than he can handle here. I know I'm very much in the minority here, but I think Justin Fields is going to win, and it's going to make this even harder for the Chicago front office for whatever reason they just sort of hell bent on Andy Dalton. That I just can't understand why. But after this week, maybe that'll change. He's just keeping the seat warm for the ginger ninja. That's all there is to it. I know. I know. It's amazing how much money that man has made for being so mediocre. More power to him. Kyle Warren did it for years. <laughs> well, he hasn't played for the Giants yet, so there's not the trade deadline. Still a few weeks away. Still early. Um, that ginger reunion could be coming. Yeah. 
um, with just with Jason Garrett there, Ginger Ninja himself. Uh, there's there's you know. a better than average chance that happens. So anyway, uh, on to Pittsburgh. <laughs> this game we might also disagree on because I think I'm a little higher on Pittsburgh than you are. Um, Cincinnati we have a pretty high octane offense in theory and practice, but hasn't really shown through yet. Uh, Pittsburgh not showing much on offense and defense. Uh, showing some injuries now, so but I, I think Pittsburgh yeah. is still enough at home to to beat to win this game. I'll say Pittsburgh twenty four, Cincinnati twenty one, and my guess is you're picking Cincinnati. You guess correctly. I am going with a little mini upset here. The Bengals win twenty four twenty three again. A, a thriller in the fourth quarter. I just don't think the offensive line can keep Ben Roethlisberger upright. And I'm worried about the injuries to the linebackers in particular on the on the defense here for the Steelers. I think Cincinnati's got just enough. They can sneak in and steal one here. With all the number changes, is there any – there is still a rule against the oh. uh, offensive linemen wearing the number seven. Otherwise, maybe they'd be better off moving Big Ben to the offensive line and putting Mason Rudolph in. I mean, I wouldn't hate that idea. <laughs> I hate that. I hate right. the number changes, though. That I do hate. Anyway, that's a whole, that's a whole other issue. I kind of like it. Well, <laughs> Tom Brady will probably uh, send you a thank you note for that. But uh, anyway. We know so, he's an avid listener, so I'm sure you're right. He is. He's a regular listener, I'm sure. Um, Indianapolis, <laughs> especially with all the nutrition tips we tend to dispense on the program here. Oh, yeah. Um, we know Gronk's listening. Indianapolis. <laughs> Indianapolis at Tennessee. Um, Tennessee looked awful week one, righted the ship. They did. Week two, impressive win on the road against Seattle. Indianapolis uh, starting off the season with two home losses and now going to Tennessee um, potentially with uh, Jacob Eason as their starting quarterback or it's either him or uh, you know, Carson. I mean, you know, no Carson went on a scooter. Like, how do you? I don't so. even know. <laughs> yeah, so I don't even know how possible sprained two ankles. Yeah, either way, I think Tennessee should win this. I, I'm not quite sure how Indianapolis gets to 24 points, but I'm giving them 24. But I'll go with the final score: Tennessee 30, and the Jonathan Taylor's 24. Okay, we're actually pretty in agreement here. I've got I've got Tennessee winning 30-23. So I think Indianapolis's defense at least keeps them in this. But I would really like one day to see what the Indy offense looks like healthy. I just don't know if that will ever happen. That should be that would be a good uh, prop bet whether uh, Carson Wentz and T.Y. Hilton play in the yeah. same game this year, yes or no. I'd take the yes. I like a good underdog. Uh, I think yes would probably be favored, but only slightly. Yeah. So, anyway, Tough next up we've got the Chargers and Kansas City. You know, Chargers, tough loss at home against the Cowboys, although I think one that uh, we both picked correctly. Kansas City, tough loss on the road uh, to the Ravens. I know I uh, got that no one wrong. No correctly. Yeah. Nobody did. Well, I'm sure some people did, but uh, I certainly wasn't one of them. But uh, anyway, I, I think that uh, Chiefs win this pretty handily, and I don't think Patrick Mahomes probably will have to dump water on anyone this week. Um, I think Hopefully it'll not. be a final score, Kansas City 34, Chargers 24, as uh, Justin Herbert's uh, rep sophomore season continues. Yeah, he's, he's having a tough time so far. Um but the Chargers defense and Joey Bosa will keep them around. Kansas City is going to put up a ton of points like they do. I, we're pretty much on the same vein here. I've got Kansas City 33 and uh, the Chargers 24. So I, there's fantasy points to be had on both sides of the ball here. I particularly like well, Bobby Trees, Robert Woods have a nice game to, this week. But, um, you know, I just I don't see a way the Chargers can beat the Chiefs. Just not, not out there. Okay. Um, next up, New Orleans traveling to New England, and there's some question as to whether New England is 
doing it with smoke and mirrors or Belichick's reputation is, you know, the reason people keep picking them. But I'm going to pick them this week just because New Orleans looked so lost without their coaches so last week. And there's no guarantee that uh, they're going to have a full complement of coaches this week. So um, I got to say, I always thought there were the, just an obscene amount of coaches, but apparently they're all very necessary. Yeah, or at least um, the ones that were missing were necessary. New Orleans, so, they were. Anyway, yeah. I'm I'm going with New England by a field goal here as uh, New Orleans roadshow horrors continue. I'll go with uh, New England 27, the Mac Jones 27, and the Jameis Winston 24. I've got the uh, the Fighting Mac Jones 24 points. Jameis Winston is LASIK eye surgery 17. There's one thing Bill Belichick does well. It's shut down whatever you do best as an offense. So the run game is going to be kind of quieter than it normally would be, and Jameis Winston doesn't have it in him to win this game. That's just that's just not going to happen. So Mac Jones rolls on. All right. The WFT is traveling to Buffalo <laughs> this week, and um, Josh Allen – you know, righted the ship last week. I'm not quite sure why I think this game is going to be so close, but um, I'll go with uh, Buffalo by a field goal here. I'll say Buffalo 27 on the strength of Josh Allen's passing and uh, the Tyler Heineke's uh, 24. I really, really want to pick Washington to win this game. If it weren't in Buffalo, I would without a doubt. I've got Buffalo winning 24-23, and they're going to have to do it late in the game. Josh Allen... It looked like he really had a nice day last week, but he only completed like 50% of his passes against a mediocre Miami defense. This Washington defense, who maybe isn't as good as we thought they were, but I certainly think they're better than Miami, I think is going to give him some more trouble. But they are in Buffalo. There are people jumping through flaming tables. And if you can't get up for a game with people doing that in the parking lot, I don't know what it takes. So I'm going to take Buffalo to, to get a scare here, but still be able to come away with the W. Okay, Miami traveling to Las Vegas in the aforementioned uh, Kalen Bellage revenge game. Uh, hopefully, Josh Jacobs is healthy enough that uh, Kalen Bellage doesn't have to play much this week. But uh, either way, I think the Raiders win this pretty handily. And yes, you're right. I'm not as high on Jacoby Brissett as you are. I liked him a lot Thank when forever. he was with the Patriots and the Colts but uh, I just don't see this particular set of circumstances working out well for him. I'll say uh, Raiders 31, Dolphins 21. I'm picking a much closer game. I've got the Raiders winning because I'm not totally insane, but that may change come Sunday. But I am going to take the Raiders to win 28-27. Miami's retooling their offensive line this week since they all basically assisted in a, a murder of Tua last week. Nobody protected him. Um, so they're going to try to actually protect Jacoby Brissett, try something different here. Maybe that'll work. I think Jacoby Brissett's going to come out and look better. I think Mike Gusecki's going to be a factor again. And Miami's going to hang around, even though they're going out west and, you know, playing in, in Las Vegas isn't the most welcoming thing in the world. But I think they hang in. The Jets are traveling to Denver this week. Oh, and no. I don't think that's <laughs> going to go well any better for them than the Giants uh, playing the Broncos and week one went. Although here the good thing is that if you're a Jets fan, at least you don't have to go to a stadium to watch the game. But uh, I think Denver on the strength of uh, Teddy Bridgewater's strategic passing and the two-headed run game there, you know, with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, I think they win this easily. I'll say Denver 31, uh, Jets 20. Okay, we're close. I've got Denver winning 30 to 14. I'm just, I don't, I don't think Zach Wilson's going to have a very welcoming experience coming to Denver and playing that defense even without Bradley Chubb. Okay. Uh, next up is one of the more interesting uh, games of the day. Um, Minnesota 0-2, but their offense definitely looks like it's hitting on all cylinders. Seattle, we know what their offense can do, so I think that adds up to a shootout here and I'll go with Minnesota just you know because they're at home but I'll say Minnesota 31 
Seattle 28 as uh, Kirk Cousins uh, continues his uh, carpet ride on offense. I I never know what to make of Kirk Cousins and this Minnesota team. Every year I feel like they suck us in, like they're going to be good, we're going to score a lot of points, and then it just falls off a cliff. But this year they're not even winning games early. So I just – I think there's a ton of offense. I don't think there's a whole lot of defense on either side of the ball here. Um, so I have Seattle winning by a field goal, 31-28. I just – I don't know what to do with Kirk Cousins. Anytime I want to pick him, he's going to blow it. So maybe if I pick against him, you'll be right and they'll win. I just don't know. I can't, I can't understand it. Oh, you, you certainly can't blame last week on him, or at least I don't think you can. Mm. There's so much weird there. I just don't know if – I can't decide if they're actually good or not. So we'll see. We'll see what happens this week. All right. Uh, next up, Tampa Bay uh, traveling to Los Angeles to play the Rams in one of their uh, tougher tests of the year if they get through this. You know, they'll probably start to hear talk about uh, the 17-0 season, but I think that's a little premature. But uh, I do think the Rams are going to squelch that talk um, by winning this game, I'll say that uh, Matthew Stafford uh, pulls one out here. I'll say um, Matthew Stafford uh, 30 and Tom Brady 27. Hi, I'm also going with the Rams this week. I think they had a good plan for Tom Brady last year. I think that they're a better team overall this year, and I think the offense is a lot more dynamic. I've got the Rams winning 33-28 in what will be a very good game to watch this weekend. Okay. The Sunday night game features Green Bay traveling to San Francisco. Uh, it's debatable whether Green Bay Aaron got Rogers. everything. <laughs> it's uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm pretty sure he's back on track uh, so everyone can just relax. But uh, I, I'm not sure that this game is going to be a blowout. I think San Francisco, yeah, they don't have any healthy running backs, but they still have a pretty darn good defense which I think I will keep this game interesting. So, you know, I'll go with Green Bay to win this um, by a field goal, but uh, I'll say Green Bay 27, San Francisco 24. I've got Green Bay winning 27-23, so we're right in line there. Um, I, I certainly don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is winning this game for San Francisco. I think it's going to be the defense. But like you said, everyone can just relax. Aaron Rodgers' revenge tour rolls on. Okay. Um Next up, we've got um, the Monday night game, which should be a real um, do with uh, the Cowboys hosting the Eagles. Um, these games are always a fun, wild uh, ride. Um, I'm going to pick your Cowboys here. I just think right now they're a little bit healthier and uh, a little bit better than the Eagles, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I'll go with um uh, Dallas 31 and Philadelphia 27, and we'll see if uh, those injuries to the Eagles' uh, defensive line uh, um, cost them the game. But uh, I think this would be a good game regardless, but I'll, I'll pick your Cowboys to win here. It, it would help the Eagles if Fletcher Cox would stop going off sides. That would certainly help things. Um, but I, the Eagles' offense last week looked really rough. And the Cowboys' defense actually looks like, despite the fact that COVID is running wild on it, uh, they seem to be sort of okay. I'm not totally committed to that yet, but it feels weird to say this. I think the Cowboys are going to win pretty handily. I've got them winning 31-21. These games, like you said, are always very weird. It's always a wild ride, so God knows what will happen. But I think the Cowboys are going to walk away with this one. There will be a lot of disappointed people in my area if that happens, but I Yeah, this is is one of two weeks every year where my family disowns me. So, you know, if anyone's looking for a new daughter, I'm available. (laughs) But uh, until that point, we do have some daily fantasy pick options for you. Uh, Just a quick reminder that every week we are giving you some value picks. You know who to start. You know who to spend money on. This is so you can still spend that money. Um, like we talked about earlier, Christian McCaffrey maybe isn't someone we want to look at this week, but we've got some options for you in case you do decide to go that route. At quarterback, I'm loving on Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I think everyone else is, and the price is very right. Daniel Jones has a great matchup this week. Jared Goff, 
Jacoby Brissett, if you're really feeling a little wild like me, and Justin Fields. At running back, Tyson Williams for the Ravens. I, I think there's a lot of points to be had here. Mike Davis in Atlanta and Chase Edmonds in Arizona. At wide receiver, there's a ton of good options. I told you earlier, I was really excited about Robert Woods this week for the Rams. He had nine targets last week. I think that continues this week. And he's so good. The price is so right. Uh, Sterling Shepard with the Giants, like we said, I think the offense will, will get a little boost here playing the Falcons. Rondell Moore, we talked about in Arizona. KJ Osborne in Minnesota. And Jamar Chase in Cincinnati, who I'm a little higher on this week, obviously, than the Sherpa. And tight end Kyle Pitts and Mike Isecki. I can't just give up on him. I think it's, it's going to be a good week for him. And defensively, Arizona and Washington. If you're looking to stack some teams this week, look at the Broncos, the Cardinals, and the Giants. Make it work for the money. It's definitely there. Um, so we've got everything covered for you with Daily Fantasy, Season Long Fantasy. It's all there. Um, but you can find us all week long on Twitter at the number 4THN Inches Show at JKIM16 and Fantasy underscore Sherpa on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. You can email us and we'll be back with you next Wednesday night as we always are from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. So thanks so much for listening this week, guys. Good luck to everybody, unless, of course, you're playing us.